Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, shalom, shalom. Layalat Tawab, which means good night or good evening in the ancient Paleo Hebrew. I'm your brother, your friend, your host, as always, Tava Pa. Welcome to the show, y'all. Welcome to another episode of FYI, man. Thanks for everybody tuning in. I hope everybody's healthy. I hope everybody's in good spirits, man. Um, in light of what's going on right now, as far as the viruses, uh, I know they're running through San Antonio rampant right now. Uh, RSV, the flu, the cocoa is still uh, at large. Um, so I hope everybody's healthy, man. Everybody's getting their vitamin C up. Everybody getting a um, golden seal up or the COVID cocktail, man. And everybody's getting some movement in, some butt, some blood flow, some exercise, man. But um, thanks for tuning in to the show, man, FYI. I know, y'all, I usually do uh, go straight into the topic of FYI, but I got I got a couple things I want to get off my chest before I even get into the class. <clears throat> so I want to send shots out first and foremost to um, all our brothers and sisters here in San Antonio, Hebrew Israelites, Hebrew being our language, Israelite being our nationality. Uh, we are, in fact, the people of the, of the book is what we stand on, ten toes down, and believe in, and we've proven this and continue to prove it historically and biblically. That's what we hang our hats on, man. But shouts out to those brothers and sisters here in San Antonio. Also, shouts out to the brothers and sisters down in H-Town, our brothers and sisters up in VA, our brothers and sisters up in Rochester, New York, brothers and sisters uh, out in in the ABQ, Atlanta, Canada, uh, California. Uh, Shouts out to Kyle Cobb down in Guatemala. And shouts out to the 12 tribes scattered worldwide, y'all. All All right, so y'all go ahead and get into it. Like I mentioned, FYI, I usually just go straight into the topic, and I'll do uh, straight two hours. But there's some other stuff I want to cover first. I definitely am going to get into this topic. Uh, Took a a break because we've been having some issues with blog talk um, which we unresolved issues, I should say. But we're making it do what it do anyway, y'all. So uh, I know I probably lost some people because last Thursday I was able to broadcast and I uh, was finishing, not even finishing, I dropped part two of uh, Feast of Lights on a Thursday when it was pretty much FYI, but I usually do uh, Never Wax Pale on Tuesday. But anyway, getting back on schedule, um, tonight, this evening on Thursday is FYI. <clears throat> Let me go ahead and get into it like I always do. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So 
So this is the prayer we need to be sitting up on the daily, y'all, so we can get the hell on. All right, let's go to Psalms chapter 118, and we're going to read verse 24. Psalms chapter 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad, if the Most High brought you to it, he'll bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it. Please believe me. All right, y'all. So I did say it was some other stuff I wanted to touch on. So let's go ahead and get into it, man. Uh, Where I want to go first. Let's go here. All right, y'all. So this article right here is from a publication. It is nationalreview.com. And the headline reads, I'm a Jew, and I'm proud. Utah rabbi ordered to remove sign after exchange with Kyrie Irving. So I don't know if y'all heard about this, man, but these small hats, I was just joking with how to die about this. We're halfway joking. I think I'm going to start calling them the noses, the big noses. They got some big noses. The small hats, the big noses, the people um, that certain people loosely refer to as Jewish, they went to a, a Utah Jazz game, and they had signs up, and they were sitting courtside. The sign says, I am a Jew, and I'm proud. And uh, this is what happened. A group of Jewish men attended a Utah Jazz basketball game on New Year's Day, was told to take down their blue and white sign featuring the slogan, I'm a Jew and I'm proud. After basketball star Kyrie Irving took offense at the message. Now, this uh, article, this publication, this uh, what I'm reading came out, uh, what's the day, the 4th? Is the day the 4th? So this is from today. But this actually happened on New Year's Day. Now, I've read several uh, articles concerning this situation, and a couple of them I read said that Kyrie didn't say nothing about these dudes and their sons. But they, on the other hand, insist that he said something and that he said he had an issue with it. Now, keeping this in mind, y'all, all the stuff that's going on over in the Gaza Strip right now, um, basically genocide of the Arabs, uh, and in light of that, um, the government just passed these new anti-Semitism laws, and I brought this out a previous show. But here, here it is. They're using Kyrie as the poster child for their assault because they 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 about to come real hard. They about to come harder than this. And I don't know if y'all heard about that uh, black lady that was the president of Harvard that just ended up stepping down because she was accused of letting anti-Semitism go on on the campus. And she hadn't even been there a whole year. They tried to say that um, she had plagiarized her, um, I guess, her, her dissertation or some stu- some studies. Some she did. They said they tried to say she plagiarized it. But we know that the small hats, they control and run everything. They want it out of there, and 
They got her the hell on. All right, continue with this article, y'all. It says Irving was suspended for several games in 2022 for sharing a black Hebrew Israelite documentary that uh, parroted anti-Semitism conspiracies accusing Jews of orchestrating or orchestrating the Atlantic slave trade and argued that African Americans are the true descendants of ancient Israelites. So I don't know if y'all remember this. But just to refresh your memory And listen to what it's saying Look at the language being used Irving was suspended for several games In 2022 For sharing For sharing I, I want y'all to understand this Sharing A black Hebrew Israelite documentary You know like you might Some might pop up in your feed And you're like oh man This is interesting and you'll share it with maybe you in a group thread or, you know, uh, maybe you on WhatsApp or uh, what's the damn thing we got? Telegram. Telegram or whatever, whatever group uh, communication that you might have with friends and loved ones or coworkers or whatever, you might share it. So we all do this, right? And, you know, we, we might, uh, we'll, we'll start a conversation with it and we'll go back and forth, but... Uh, it's laughs and giggles. Sometimes it ain't laughs and giggles. Sometimes somebody get in their feelings about something. But we discuss it as adults and we move on. And then what do you know? The next day, we sharing another post on something totally different. We move on with life. So this is where I guess um, I can't even call it um, theater <laughs> meets reality because all of this is reality. But this is reality on the grand stage because this brother, all he did was he did something common that everybody else does. He shared a video, you know, like they they urge you to do on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe, right? <laughs> this brother, he it ain't like he. I don't know whether or not he subscribed or liked, but we do know that he shared the video. Let me read this again. Irvin was suspended for several games in 2022 for sharing a black Hebrew Israelite documentary that parroted anti-Semitism uh, conspiracies against Jews of orchestrating the Atlantic, the, uh, Atlantic slave trade and argued that African Americans are the true descendants of ancient Israelites. And all of this is true. Yes, they did sponsor the slave trade. Those are facts. We got the facts to prove it. Yes, we are the Israelites, the people of the book. Those are facts. We can prove it. But reading on in this article, it says, Am we me, I know I'm butchering this dude's name, but I don't care. Zippel, hold on, let me let me spell his name out so y'all can go and research this dude yourself. A-V-R-E-M-I-Z-I-P-P-E-L. That's his name. One of the sign holders told National Review that everything was going smoothly until midway through the first quarter when Irving, a point guard with the opposing Dallas Mavericks, gestured over to him and said, nice, I'm a Jew too. Now, remember, the uh, the articles that I read, and y'all, there's plenty of them out there, Kyrie said he say none of these people. But y'all see how... He's become the scapegoat or the 
the I guess the spearhead to instigate this campaign that they got on people saying any on our people, black folks, black and brown people saying anything against them. So reading on it says, rather than Childish Irving, Zippo brushed it off, telling NR he responded by saying, "Nice, Happy New Year, buddy." Posted he posted on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Kyrie Irving playing in the SLC tonight. With everything that that happened this morning, I thought it'd be appropriate to give him a welcome. Stay tuned. So this is what he posted. He now it's crazy. It's crazy because <laughs> he said Kyrie said something, right? Kyrie said he ain't say nothing. But it's evident on this dude's post of January 1st, 2020, 2024, that he was intentionally going to the game to, to F with Kyrie. These were his intentions. He put it out there. It says, we may have brought four rabbis to sit courtside tonight. This is his other post. And if they show it, you know, uh, four small hats, three of them holding signs. All right. It says, following the brief interaction, dribbling the ball down court, Irving reportedly shot back at Zippel over his shoulder. Don't go to don't gonna bring a sign like that to a game. This don't make sense because he all had just had a conversation, and which it sounded like it was a pleasant exchange. So why would he have to come back and say y'all ain't gotta bring signs like this to a game? That don't even make sense, man. But these people are experts, man. They're so deceitful of designing their mischief. It says Zippo laughed it off and thought it was was a pretty harmless exchange until minutes later, stadium security was dispatched to check his tickets and demanded he take his signs down. So they told him to take the sign down. This is him. This is a quote. We comply. We oblige. All is good. All is calm. Zippo told NR, reflecting on the, in, the encounter, sharing that a jazz executive later told his group that they have a no signage courtside policy. On Wednesday afternoon, the Jazz released a statement about the incident explaining that the basketball club's code of conduct is in place so that so that games can be played without distraction and disturbance. I'm sorry, disruption. The issue was the disruptive interaction caused by the uses of the sign, not the content of the sign, the note read. Zippel said prior to attending the game, he had checked Jazz guidelines and found no clause that prohibited his display. This further proves that this was premeditated. He went to the game intentionally to F with Kyrie. He wanted to smoke. And now he's mad because he got to smoke. This is these people all day, man. The Chabit Rabbi was gifted alongside his brother, father, and friend, all of whom are figures in the local Jewish community. The tickets, the grandchild of Holocaust survivors. See, now the violin, the violin comes in now. 
they pulling at your heartstrings. And Phil Irie's presence was a fitting backdrop to highlight growing concerns about anti-Semitism in America. Leading up to the encounter, Zippo insisted that no one in his party booed or jeered uh, Irving. We did not help Kyrie. I did not say a word in his direction, he said. The controversy overshadowed the Mavericks' press conference on Wednesday after their win over the Portland Trail Blazers. This is Kyrie's quote. I wish him and his family well, Irving told reporters in Dallas. No disrespect going, going their way. That's not my M.O. This is what Kyrie said. He wasn't even tripping off of it. It was like, man, I, I came, I, I did my job, and I, I, you know, I went home. Now, think about this for a second, too, y'all. NBA players, they travel the night after the game, man. If they ain't standing to play another game, they get on the plane immediately after the game, after they, you know, scrubbed up or whatever. They catch a plane, go to a whole entire new state, and they got to do the same thing over the next day. It's one of the hardest professions in professional sports, man, because no other uh, professional sports does this. They'll have breaks in between, but these brothers, man, they be working. They be working. And my point in saying all this, man, is imagine you got some personal stuff going on and you, you know, you've been taking this flight. And remember, these this is their job. They're at work. And you get to work, which it happens to happen to be the basketball court, and there's some clowns on the front row intentionally there to mess with you. <laughs> and I'm saying all this, man, to give Kyrie a pat on the back for keeping this cool. I mean, it's something that happened, what, a year ago? And they still own this. Anyway, in December, uh, serial entrepreneur Mark Cuban sold the Mavericks to the surviving wife of Sheldon Alsom, a staunch advocate of Israel and elsewise Trump ally. feel sorry for the people that play on that team. Anyway, uh, so this is what the dude posted, this Zippo cat. He said, and he posted it on X, formerly known as Twitter. I think the rules are that if someone else mentions me, I get a chance to respond. This is what he said. This is his quote. He said he thinks the rules is somebody else mentioned his name, he gets the right to respond. Okay, a year later, a whole, a whole year later, you wait to respond. A whole year later, and I'm sure Kyrie had been in Utah after he, his suspension and came back and played many games in Utah, but you wait till now to say something about what he said a year ago? The Jazz released, and this is what everything he put on his little Twitter, the Jazz released his head-scratching statement about the I'm a Jew and I'm proud of sign. And I legit don't know where to begin. They killed me trying to use our slang, too. So here's some thoughts. Statement from the Utah Jazz. This is what he posted, their statement. The Utah Jazz Code of Conduct is in place so that a game, so that games can be played without distraction and disruption, no matter where someone is in the arena. If a sign becomes distracting or sparks an interaction with a player, we will ask them to remove it. Doing an out-of-bounds play in the first quarter of yesterday's Jazz game against the Dallas Mavericks 
there was a group sitting courtside who signed sparked an inter- interaction with a player that created a distraction and interfered with the play of game. As the next step, security protocol, the fans were asked to take down their sign. The part-time employee who told the fans it was the, the content of the sign that was the problem was incorrect. The issue was the disruptive interaction caused by usage of the sign, not the content of the sign. Now, this is what the Utah Jazz said. Now, remember, I'm reading from this dude's Twitter feed. Now, directly below his Twitter feed, he has a picture of LeBron James in a shirt that said, I can't breathe. Now, y'all remember this, right? This was during the George Floyd execution. All the NBA players was wearing this, I can't breathe, the whole NBA. Remember the the, uh, Milwaukee Bucks refused to go on the court. It was a whole movement. So he has this posted on his Twitter feed, and right above it he has, is this not a distraction? I'm going to let y'all marinate on that. He has, is this not a distraction? He's saying that his signs that they came to the game with, that's a distraction, but he's also saying that LeBron and other NBA players that backed George Floyd called, they were a distraction as well for wearing this, these shirts about a man that died, about a black man that died. And people walk around here thinking that there's not a race problem in the world and that the world likes black people. When that couldn't be further from the truth, man. They hate us. They always have. This is the proof. This is just a, a this is a crumb of the proof. Now it says Zippo is a well known sexual assault. Uh, survival advocate in Utah and collaborate with figures such as Elizabeth Smart to raise awareness. He was one of the first Orthodox Jewish men in America to share his story publicly and publish a book about his story last May. Not what I expected. That's the title of this clown's book. All right. So we got that story and what's going on. Y'all see how they're using Kyrie. Kyrie just went on with his life, he minding his business. And people still messing with him over this, man, for for posting, for sharing the damn video. Meanwhile, let's go to the Guardian now. Meanwhile, police investigate claims Thunders, Josh Giddy had a relationship with underage girls. Did y'all hear that? So there's an investigation going on where it was because this article is actually old. Let me get the date on this, y'all. This is dated, uh, come on, man, with the date. This is old, y'all. This is from last month, I believe. They don't have a date on here, but it's the article's in The Guardian, so y'all can look it up yourself. The head lead, the headlines read, uh, read, police investigate claims Thunder's Josh Giddy had a relationship with underage girls. So, Josh Giddy plays for OKC. Uh, they balling right now, too. They got the best record in the West. But this is a white boy. All right? I want, I want us to understand this. This is a white boy, a Caucasian. All right? 
Now, it says investigation going on. Now, watch this. Police in Newport Beach, California, are looking into allegations that Oklahoma City Thunder player Josh Giddy had an improper relationship with an underage girl in their jurisdiction. ESPN reported on Wednesday a series of photos and videos were shared online last week alleging that the Australian had engaged in sexual sexual relationship in a sexual relationship with a minor. The post has since been deleted. The post has since been deleted. The post has since been deleted. The reason I'm reading this is because Kyrie Irving deleted his post, but they were still messing with him. This and he didn't do nothing criminal. His his actions were not criminal. His actions were common. Everybody shares videos. But this dude is accused of sexual abuse, specifically statutory the R word. Reading on. This is a quote by the police. We have information and we're looking into it. Sergeant Steve uh, Steve O'Baron of the Newport Beach Police Department said, we're investigating whether or not a crime occurred. So they're investigating whether it went down. They don't. I guess they don't have sufficient enough evidence to prove that he actually committed statutory R-word. The NBA said on Friday through a spokesman that it had opened an internal investigation into the case. Okay, here's the NBA stepping in. Open investigation. The next thing we're going to read is he got suspended without pay, just like Kyrie did. That's what we're, that's what we're going to read, right? Sadly not. Giddy, who turned 21 last month, has declined to comment on, on the allegations. I understand the question. This is Giddy's quote. I understand the question, obviously, but there is no further comment right now. Giddy said on Friday, I get the question, guys. I completely understand you guys want to know about it. Just for right now, I don't have anything to say. So one, two, three, four, five, five, he believes the fence. He ain't going to say nothing, incriminate himself. Oklahoma City coach Mark, I can't pronounce this dude's name, B-A-I-G-N-E-A-U-L-T, has also declined to discuss the issue. I'm just not going to comment on anything as it relates to Josh off the court, coach told reporters before Tuesday's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hmm. Back in his player, huh? Giddy was the sixth overall pick in the 2021 draft. He is averaging 12.0.5.8 rebounds and 4.5 assists per game in his third NBA season. He has been a featured player of Oklahoma City who have won 11 of their first 17 games and are tied for third place in the Western Conference. Now, what's wrong with this, y'all? What is wrong with this? They suspend Kyrie without pay, and they took endorsements from him. I don't know if this Chad Giddy got any endorsements, but I don't read about them taking none from him if he had them. I don't read about the NBA putting this big dark cloud over his head. So y'all tell me, is there a race problem in the world? Do 
does our white counterpart, we loosely refer to him as white, really shade of red, do they really love us? Do they really have our best interests in mind? Is uh, what they say, I hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men is created equal. Is that really the case? Think about it, y'all. Is that really the case? No, it's not. All right, so I didn't really uh, have any scriptures to go with this. I'm sure Mashaba is thinking about a thousand of them right now. Um, but I'm going to take a brief intermission, let y'all marinate on that for a second, and I'm going to come back with the class purification part two, y'all. I'll be back in just a minute.
All right, y'all, we are back. All right, so um, I know it's been a minute since we touched on this topic, so let's do this. Let's go to uh, Mark. Um, before we go there, let's get Peter. Let's get Peter chapter 3. And we're going to start at verse 21, y'all. So this whole purification class is actually a baptism class, y'all. And what what I went over in the beginning parts of the class was how baptism was something that was done even in the Old Testament. When the priest would uh, declare you unclean, you would have to go wash yourself or the instrument that was washed by the water, uh, specifically in the basin. But all these things were um, done metaphorically to clean, clean your conscience up. And that's what I'm trying to drive home here, that water only cleans your flesh. It only cleans the outside, but it doesn't get your spirit clean. It can no way possible get your spirit clean. And I uh, went over several scriptures where Christ was talking about how the Pharisees, would, their outer appearance would look like they were clean, but Inside, he said that uh, they were the sepulchers, the sepulchers of men's bones. But there are a lot of people that believe that you have to be water baptized, and this is how you're going to get your salvation, or the water baptism itself, the water, the whole ceremonial, uh, symbolic action makes you clean when that's not the case, y'all. So let's go to... First Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. And this is what Peter said on the topic. He said, figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Now listen to what he's saying. He says baptism saves us. But is he talking about a water baptism? Watch this. Not the putting away of the flesh. <laughs> I'm sorry, not the putting away of the Filth of the flesh. So Paul's letting you know that the baptism, the water baptism, is not going to save you. He lets us know that clearly. Let's read this again. First Peter chapter three verse twenty-one. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience. Toward God I hope y'all understand this He said Not to put in the way the filth of the flesh But the answer of a good conscience What's going to give you a good conscience As a matter of fact Where is the conscience at Your conscience is in your mind Not in your flesh Your conscience is in your mind So the purpose of The baptism that Christ gave us Because Christ is Baptism was totally different from John the Baptist baptism. John the baptism, John the Baptist baptism, man, it's a mouthful. Was more symbolic than anything because it was something that we were familiar with, dating going all the way back to the Old Testament. So the Most High had to present us something that we were familiar with to get us to get the complete understanding of what it really meant. To be baptized or really meant to be purified or clean But the whole time It was not about purifying or cleaning up Or baptizing the flesh It was about 
your spirit, which is a part of your conscience. This is why Peter said this. I'm going to read this again. First Peter chapter 3, verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're definitely going to get into that. Now, let's get what Paul's talking about with this conscious thing. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Once again, where is your conscience? It's in your mind. Jeremiah 17 and 9. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart. And the heart is talking about the mind, y'all. It's not talking about the organ in your chest that pump blood. It's talking about your mind. Listen to to, to the, uh, what he's saying. The heart is deceitful above all things. So your mind is deceitful above all things. It says, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Like, who really knows what's in somebody's head? Only that person knows what's in their head. But what's in our head is some very ill thoughts a lot of times, man. And I'm telling you, it's a it's a struggle. It's a struggle to be here in this, in this place. It's a struggle just waking up in the morning or going to sleep at night. It's why it's so important that we try to have a, a, a pure mind all throughout the day, periodically throughout the day, especially at night. You ever lay, go to lay down and go to sleep, and you can't go to sleep because your mind is racing? You got all kinds of kinds of thoughts going on in your mind, and a lot of them don't be good. But this is what the scripture is talking about. Let me read it again. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Don't nobody know what's in somebody's head? And let's find out what's in the mind, what type of thoughts our minds harbor. Let's go to Mark chapter 7. Let's go to verse 5. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, and the hymn is Christ, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? So the tradition of the elders was purification, and we went over this. It's contained in the Old Testament. The elders are talking about the priests, the Levites. They would have to clean themselves with water. So that's, that was the tradition Israel, to clean yourself. It's, uh, even before you ate something, to clean, wash your hands. So he, they're asking Christ, why, why don't your disciples do this when all of Israel does this? Because you want to get technical by washing your hands as a, as a form of baptism. The fleshly baptism, the symbolic baptism, the rich, the ritual baptism. Now, let's read on, verse 6. He answered and said unto them, Well hath Elias prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honored me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Now, when he said Elias, he's talking about Elias, uh, I'm sorry, he's talking about Isaiah. And y'all can catch that, what he's quoting in Isaiah 29, 13. We're reading on. 
How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men? So Christ is saying, man, they ain't studying about me and what I represent, and Christ represented the Most High, and the Most High gave us commandments to keep. So they see saying they ain't studying about the Most High, they ain't studying about me. They're doing things that feel right to them. So reading on, it says, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men. What's the tradition of men? <laughs> As washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. Because once again, this was the tradition of Israel. This was the tradition of the priests to wash these cups and these pots and these basins. This is why he, he's mentioning it here because they were still doing it. Verse 9. And he said unto them, full, full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. So what was baptism, the water baptism? Tradition. <laughs> tradition. Custom. Verse 10. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother. I'm sorry. Where well, was verse 9? Let me jump now. Let me jump and get to the point. Verse 14. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. Verse 15. There is nothing, listen to what he's saying, there is nothing from without a man that enter into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. This is what he told everybody. Now watch this. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he's saying, what do you mean is nothing that uh, enter into the man that can defile him, but what comes on him? What do you mean by this? Verse 17. And when he was entered into the house, of the people, the disciples asked him concerning the parable, verse 18, and he said unto them, Are ye so without understanding? Also, do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entered into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entered not into his heart, not talking about his organs, <laughs> but his mind. He said, This stuff don't, food ain't gonna enter into your mind. This is what he's saying. He says, but into the belly. Y'all see this, right? And go it out into the draught, purging all meats. Meaning, what you eat, your body's going to consume the nutrients from it, and then the waste product is going to eliminate through your digestive system. Verse 20. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defile the man. Now. I asked a question while I made a statement. I said, we was going to see what's in your heart, what's in our mind. Christ is going to tell us. Now watch this, verse 21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceeded evil thoughts. This is how you know he ain't talking about the organ in your chest. The heart's talking about your mind. So what's in our mind? Evil thoughts. Like it tells in Jeremiah chapter 17. It says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Those are evil things that are inside the interior of us, are attached to our conscience, attached to our spirit, not attached to our outwardly uh, body or our outwardly appearance. That's on the inside. We're in Mark chapter 7, verse 21. 
For from within, out of the heart of men, perceive evil thoughts, adulteries. So you think it's about sleeping with another man, woman. That's where? In your mind. You might not have spoken. It might not have came out of your mouth, but you're entertaining that thought. So let me ask y'all, is a water baptism going to change somebody's mind on this? <laughs> Getting dumped in the water is going to change somebody's mind by sleeping with somebody, woman? No, it's not. It's going to take a hell of a lot more. It says fornication. Fornication, as we know, is unusual sexual activity, such as homosexuality, such as adultery, such as bestiality, such as watching pornographic material. That's a form of fornication also. So is getting dumped in some water going to change your mind about you want to watch some people on screen and how you're dancing in your hand? Is that going to change your mind, getting dunked in some water? No, it's going to take more than that. All right, we're in verse 21, read murders. Murderers. Murderers. Is getting dunked in the water of some dirty pool, is that going to change your mind about murking somebody? I think not. Read. Death. Is it going to change your mind about stealing? No, it's not. Read. Covetousness. It's going to take your mind about deboing strong over somebody trying to take what they got. No, it's not. Water ain't going to do that. Read. Wickedness. Or any wicked thoughts that you have. Getting dunked in water, a water baptism is not going to change your thought process. Read. Deceit. Deceit. Being deceitful. Water baptism ain't going to change their thought. Read. Lasciviousness. A strong lustful desire. A water baptism is not going to change that. It's not going to change your disposition on that. Read. An evil eye. You you just hate people. You hateful. Is that is a water baptism going to soften your heart to where now you start loving people? Hell no. Read. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. You lying on the Bible saying stuff that ain't in the Bible. Talking about God don't like ugly. That is not going to change your thoughts on what the Bible says. Can anybody tell me nothing? I'm living my best life. You only live once. Is that going to change my thought pattern, my disposition on, on that? Is the water baptism going to change it? No. Read. Foolishness. Read. All these evil things come from within. All these evil things, that these list of things he just named, and coincidentally, y'all, go back to the Old Testament. It's a law against all of them. It's a commandment against every last one we read. Read 23 again. All these evil things come from within. They come from within our minds. You know the thing Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 said? The mind is deceitful above all all things and desperately wicked. All this stuff, this whole list we just went down, is coming from our thoughts, our, our brains, our conscience. Read. And defile the man. And this is what defiles us. This is what defiles us. So how are you going to clean that up? How are we going to clean that up? Oh, it's got to be the water type of fire. It's got to be me going down to Reverend Charles Church and getting dumped in some water. Or better yet, going down south and they got a little pond out back. I'm going to go get dipped in there. So I come up. These thoughts are going to be gone from me. 
I'm going to be a new man. That's being delusional, y'all. It ain't that easy. Let's go to Romans chapter 7. Uh, let's start at verse 14. Romans seven fourteen. For we know that the law is spiritual. Now, listen to what Paul is saying. He said, we know the, the law, the law that the Most High gave Moses to gave us, that's spiritual. The, the law that Christ was breaking down things that were contained in the law that we should not do. We just read in Mark chapter 7. He said, that is spiritual. Why would he say that the law is spiritual? Because that law enters into our mind, and our mind is connected to our conscience, and our conscience is connected to our spirit. So when you get these thoughts, read these laws that go against these thoughts, and that's going to help you do what? Change your mind. This is why he said the law is spiritual. That's what being spiritual is. I'm not just running around acting off my natural impulses. That's being a beast. That's being in the flesh. But to be spiritual is, I really, really want to do this, but I know it's wrong. The law is telling me that it's wrong. And you know what? I'm going to abstain from that. Now you're spiritual. Read it again. For we know that the law is spiritual. Read but I am carnal, sold under sin. When he said I'm carnal, sold under sin, he's talking about us in our natural state. We're beasts, man. We are, in fact, beasts. And then think about it, too, y'all. I'm sideboard. I ain't going to go there. But what? Without going too much into it, y'all, if y'all ain't been listening or if y'all been listening to us for any amount of time, y'all know that there was more people on the face of the planet than just Adam and Eve. Okay, it's all through the scriptures. But my point in bringing this out is, what separated Adam from Adam or the Adamites from the rest of the nations that was there? Because remember, in the scriptures, it says that uh, God created man from the dust of the ground, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and uh, breathed breath into uh, his nostrils, and man became a living soul, a living spirit. But man was had been already created before you even get to <laughs> where he's talking about that. The recap of Genesis in Genesis chapter two. But there was a group of men, a group of people that God found special that he wanted to work with, which he breathed his breath into, and those, that breath being the commandments was for them to live by. And that's what separated the Adamites from the rest of the people that was there. I hope y'all get that. My point in bringing all of this up is because without the breath of the Most High, the laws of the Most High, we're nothing more than Neanderthals. We're nothing more than beasts. David said it. He says, uh, matter of fact, let's get it. Hold this real quick. No, it was Solomon who said it. Uh, give me Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 18, I believe it is. Three and eighteen. Hold on, let me check it. Let me check it. Let me check it. 
Yes, 3 and 18. Yeah, and David, I mean, sorry, Solomon said this. Read. Ecclesiastes 3.18. I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men. The who? The sons of men. This is the natural estate of a man. Read. That God might manifest them, and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. Us without the law is what? Beasts. Us without the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, the words of the Most High are what? Beasts. Beasts, man. Neanderthals. We operate solely on our instincts. I hope y'all seeing this. Let's go back to Romans chapter 7. Verse 14 again. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. This is us in our natural state. Carnal, we're beasts. Read. For that which I do, I allow not. This is what Paul is saying. He's talking about, he said, the things that I do, I don't allow these things. Read. For what I would. The good that I want to do. Read. That do I not. I don't do it. Read. But what I hate. The things I hate. The, that, corn, the cornal things I hate. To be a natural beast and, and operate off my instincts. Read. That I do. That's what I do. <laughs> Read. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. He says, then he do the things that he don't want to do. He can sit unto the law that may, you know what, this law is pretty good. <laughs> this law is pretty good because it's keeping me from doing the stuff that I hate. We're using verse 16. Now, I want you to jump uh, up to verse 7. 7, 7. Mm-hmm. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Now, listen to what he says. It's a question. What shall we say then? Is the law sin or is the law a bad thing? Because ain't that what they teach in the church? Christ did away with the law. Paul uh, talked about how the law was done away with. Well, this is Paul saying, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Is the law a bad thing? Read. God forbid. He said what? God forbid. Which means no. Read. Nay, I had not known sin. Had not known what? I have not known sin. I have not known evilness or bad dealings or bad things. <laughs> Let's put that in there in, in place of sin. Or I have I had not known um, mistakes. <laughs> Read. But by the law. But I had to have a law to show me that what? I was making mistakes. My natural instinct ain't going to tell me that, that I shouldn't do that, that I shouldn't go here, I shouldn't eat that. That I shouldn't fool with this man. Well, my natural instincts are not going to tell me that. I have to have a law telling me I can't do it. It's no different than, and we always use this example of a stop sign. If a stop sign is on the, is if a stop sign is not at a four way intersection, are you gonna stop? Or are you going to stop? No, you ain't gonna stop. But what is when the stop sign is there, what do you do? You stop. Now, let's say the stop sign ain't there, and it's a four-way intersection and nobody stops. What's going to happen at that intersection? It's going to be an accident, and maybe even some fatalities. 
All because what was not there. A law keeping us from doing our natural impulses, which was, let me just read through this four-way intersection. But the stop sign is there, which tells us what, man, stop. Because if I don't, I might hurt somebody or somebody might hurt me. That's what the law is. This is what Paul is saying. Read this again. Mm-hmm. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. You know. For I had not known lust. I had not known what? Lust. I, I didn't even know that this strong feeling that I was having to be with this man's woman. I didn't even know that was lust. I didn't know that this strong feeling I was having to to uh, have my Johnson in my hand, I didn't know that this was lust. Except what? Except the law had said. I had to have a law that told me that, no, nah, that's wrong. What you're doing is wrong. There's no such uh, thing as Common sense, man, or natural uh, decency, as people will have you erroneously believe that everybody knows right from wrong. No, everybody's not know right from wrong. Even with a child, you got to do what? Teach that child right from wrong. Ain't we the most high children? He do the same thing to us. He teaches us what's right, what's wrong by way of his law. We don't. Oh, wait a minute. You verse 7, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, verse seven. Let's jump to verse seventeen. I don't think it's going to Oh, you didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Except the law has said, "Thou shalt not covet." Right. We need these laws to keep us on the straight and narrow. Verse seventeen. Now then, it is no more I that do it. Now listen to what he's saying. <laughs> it's no longer I that do it, and these bad things. What we talking about? Sending from verse sixteen. It ain't me that do, that's doing this stuff. Read. But sin that dwelleth in me. But what? Sin that dwelleth in me. That natural inclination to do wickedness is in all of us. This is what Paul is saying. Man, it ain't me. It's the sin that's in me. And here you will hear us say and use the term very loosely. Man, the devil made me do it. It wasn't me. The devil made me do it. Yeah, you're right. The devil that's in you. There's a devil in all of us, including Paul. Paul had a devil in him. What do you think this whole chapter is talking about? It's talking about the battle between the spirit and the flesh. Read. Verse 8. But sin, taking... Verse, verse, where you at? Um, I, I want you to jump. I'm sorry. Verse 17. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. It's the sin that's in me. That comes natural from birth. Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh. Now listen to what he's saying. Read verse 18. Let me, oh, let me clarify this. I don't want nobody running off saying, because the Bible said we're just born in the sin. Yeah, honestly, we are. Because we're born into these bodies. These bodies' natural inclination is to do sinful stuff, man. First, I'm going to bring this example again as a child. Children will do all kind of mischievous stuff, just out of nature. And the scriptures even tell us that uh, 
folly is bound in the heart of a, of a, of a child, I mean, it's inevitable for children to do foolish things. It's just in them by nature. So when I said that we're all born into this, we are by nature. We're going to act like carnal beasts until we get what? Some guidelines. <laughs> just like a, a kid. Your kid be jumping on beds, running around the house, jumping up on furniture, putting damn forks in the electrical socket if you let them. But if you set up a guideline, a parameter where they can't go beyond, then they have to abide, uh, abide to that, to those rules. And uh, um, indirect, not, ain't, ain't even indirect, it's a, di- it's a direct, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The direct sim- symptom of this is your child developing some wisdom on, oh, you know what? I can't just be acting like a fool. I can't stick a fork in the light socket. I'm going to get killed. <laughs> this is the direct uh, symptom of having boundaries and rules and guidelines. Reading on, verse uh, 18, I believe you in. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, Dwelleth no good thing. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm thinking cornerly, nothing's good going to come from that. My behavior is not going to be good. Read. Okay. Verse eighteen for the will, for to will. For to will is present with me. I want to do the right thing. Read. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. He said he can't find it on his own. None of us can. For the good that I would, I do not. The good I want to do, I don't do it. Read. But the evil which I would not, that I do. But the evil that I want to do, that's what I always find myself doing, man. Read. Now, if I do that, I would not. If I do the stuff that I, that I hate doing, that I don't want to do, read. It is no more I that do it. It ain't me. Read. But sin that dwelleth in me. It's the devil that dwells in me, man. It's the wickedness that lives in me. Now, listen to what he said in verse 21. Now, before we go there, where is all of this stuff taking place at? Is this taking place just solely in your body? This all is taking place in your mind. All of this is going on in our mind that nobody can see. Nobody knows the, the thoughts that we're harboring. Nobody knows the, the things we're battling. This is going on internally, not externally, exclusively externally. Verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. What they say, Murphy's Law? <laughs> What's Murphy's Law? Anything that can happen will happen. He said, I find a law. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. He said, it's like a law. It's like inevitable. It's like it's going to happen. Let's find out why. Let's hold this and let's get Ecclesiastes. No, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes. Uh, chapter 33. We're going to read verse 13. Ecclesiastes 33, 13. As the clay is in the potter's hand, to fashion it at his pleasure, so man, so man is in the hand of him that made him. 
to render to them as like it can best. So it's basically saying that we're all in the most high's hand. Read on. Good is set against evil. So we're all in the most high's hands. The most high set it up this way. You can't change the potter's mind on what type of pot you want to be. And it comes back and let us know in verse 14 that good is set against evil. Who orchestrated this? Who made it this way? To where you have good versus evil. To where you have bad and good. Where you have wickedness and righteousness. Who set it up this way? The most high set it up this way. Read. And life against death. And he says life is against death. So this is also known as duality. Read. So is the godly against the sinner. And the godly is against the sinner. This is the part I want to get to because this is what Paul is describing. He's describing the godly person that's in him, and he's also describing the sinner that's in him. And these two are at odds against each other. They're at war, not just with Paul, with all of us, y'all, on the daily. And you taking a shower ain't going to change none of this. You getting in the, in the tub with some water ain't going to change the, all of this. You taking a wash up in the sink ain't going to change all of this. Read. And the sinner against the godly. So look upon all the works of the Most High. Everything the Most High created. Read. And there are two and two. One against another. One against the other, including what? The spirit against the flesh. I hope y'all see this. The spirit is at war against the flesh and vice versa. Now let's go back to Romans and let's read what Paul said in verse uh, 19 again. Because it is, in fact, the law. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. What law? We just read it. That the spirit is against the flesh and vice versa. That's an actual law because the Most High made it that way. Let's get Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41. Matthew 26 and 41. Read. Watch and pray. What, what, what did Christ say? Watch and pray. He said to watch and to pray. Read. That ye enter not into temptation. We enter not into what? Temptation. Because what would be waiting on us? The temptation of our flesh. The temptation in our mind. That's a constant. Water is not going to help you with that situation. Read it again. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Read. The spirit indeed is willing. The spirit is strong as hell. If you put the right things into it, the righteous spirit is strong as hell if you put the right things into it. Read. But the flesh is weak. But your flesh is always going to be weak. That's a given. I hope everybody's seeing this. 
and ain't no water going to clean your spirit up. Get Romans chapter 7. Is that the door? Mm -hmm. Yeah, check real quick. Somebody locked the top lock? We're going back to Romans, y'all. Romans chapter 7, verse 21, and it reads, I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. That's a fact. And it goes on with us in our life. You ever find yourself doing something good, but it seems just from out of nowhere, all these obstacles are coming up or all this um, adversity is coming up. Why are you trying to do something good for somebody or do something good for your brothers and your sisters before the camp? And just you're getting hit with all of these things coming after you. That's not a coincidence. That's the law. That's the way the most high set it up. But most of the most of the evil comes from within, y'all. It comes from within. Read on. Verse twenty-two. For I delight in the law of God mm-hmm. after the inward man. Listen to what he's saying. I delight in the law because the law keeps me on track. This is why I'm pleased with it. But he says, after the inward man. So is your flesh is is your flesh delightful, delightfully keeping the law? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> your flesh is unhappy because your flesh want to do otherwise. Your flesh want to do other things. Your flesh. Your flesh want to eat that pork chop. Your flesh want to eat that scrimp with the steak. That's the symbol for us. We know we made it when we eat scrimp and steak. Your flesh want to do that. Your flesh want to smoke that ooey or smart, snort that girl or that boy or pop whatever pill you're trying to pop. That's what your flesh wants. So your flesh is not going to be delighted in the law, delightfully keeping the law. Your flesh is going to be going do some changes. It's no different than for anybody that's done a fast or kept the Day of Atonement. We know that the, the Day of Atonement is, is a spiritual day. But do your flesh be feeling spiritual <laughs> for that 24-hour period when you got cotton mouth because you ain't drank no water, touching your ribs and growling? <laughs> Is your flesh kicking it with the law that day? Hell no. But then your spirit kicks in. Like, man, I'm tripping. Ain't nothing but 24. I can't go 24 hours without eating. You start going in on yourself like, man, you a savage. You a beast. Nigga, you can't. It ain't like you ain't never went, a, went and you skipped lunch. It ain't like you didn't went without drinking water. But we start going in on ourselves, at least we should anyway. Checking ourselves. That be your spirit talking. That ain't your flesh. Read it again. You go ahead. Yeah, 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. The spirit. Read. But I see another law in my member. Well, wait a minute, though. I see something else in me. Read. Warring against the law of my mind. Going to law. I mean, going to war against my spirit. This thing that I see is going to war. He says the law of my mind, once again, the mind is the conscious. The conscious is connected to the spirit. Going to war 
my conscience, my spirit is going to war against my flesh, or my flesh is going to war against my spirit. Read. And bringing me into captivity. He said that this was what? Bringing me into captivity. He said, man, I feel like I'm a, I'm a prisoner. <laughs> I feel like I'm a prisoner. Bringing me into captivity to what? To the law of sin. To the law of what? Of sin. So what is the law to a lot of us? Man, I feel like a hostage. And this is why when you, when you bring people to law, the first thing they say is what? Oh, the law's done away with. <laughs> why they say this? Because they feel like a damn prisoner. I can't do nothing. That's what they flesh be telling me. Man, what you mean I can't eat this pork? I can't eat this crab, this shrimp, some crawdads. I love some gumbo. You trying to tell me I can't eat this no more? Man, you reading that Bible all wrong. Or you get the person say, you know, all of this, all of the scriptures aren't meant to be taken literally. You know that, right? <laughs> That's the first thing people say, man, when you start bringing out the law. Because they feel like, man, I'm a prisoner. I can't do nothing. This is what Paul's talking about. He said, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. The law of sin is Alistair Crowley. Do what thou will. And what he's saying, too, here is that, like, a lot of people feel like they are a hostage or a prisoner of the law because they find that their flesh can't have certain things. Paul is saying here that a lot of us are prisoners to our flesh. Case in point, you ever seen the dolphin that's the hit rock bottom? They've lost everything. But they're still trying to do what? Get high? They're still chasing that first high at all costs. They've become a slave, a captive, a prisoner, flesh. Now, I use an extreme example of a drug addict, a dolphin, but what about somebody that just can't stop masturbating, can't stop watching the porn? Somebody that just can't stop eating. They like 500 pounds can't even do day-to-day chores like get up and walk up a flight of stairs or they huffing and puffing just to sit in a chair, just to stand up. They help, their health is failing. They got diabetes, heart disease, and all other type of ailments, ailments, but they still won't stop eating. They still won't go on a caloric deficit. They still won't exercise, but they'll eat. They've become a slave or prisoners to their own carnal delicacies. This is what Paul's talking about, verse 23, y'all. Reading on in verse 24. Now listen to what he said. Listen to what he's saying right here. Verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. He said what? Oh, wretched man that I am. He said, man, I'm wretched. I'm I'm ratchet. <laughs> I'm a ratchet man. Why Why would he make such a profound statement, such a bold statement, such an indignant statement? 
Because when we do, when we live in the flesh and we we become a captive to our flesh, we are just wretched. We are just off. This is why he said this. Read the rest of it. Deliver me from the body of this death. Who's going to deliver me from this? He said the body of this death, being a slave to your flesh, is death. He said, who's going to deliver me from this? Is it going to be John's baptism, which is water? Is that going to deliver any of us from being a slave to our flesh? What did Paul say was going to deliver him? Read. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through what? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, Yahweh Shai. That's what's delivering us from the body of this death, from being a slave to our carnal thoughts, our carnal uh, flesh. Mind you, he didn't say the water. It's going to be the water. Read. So then, with the mind... With the what? With the mind. With our mind, which is connected to the conscious, the conscious connected to the spirit, read. I myself serve the law of God. I serve the what? Law of God. The water. The law of God. The law of God. The law of the most high, read. But with but with the flesh, the law of sin. Well, if I'm constantly in my flesh, I'm going to serve the law of my flesh. I want to do whatever my flesh wants me to do, even if it puts me in a compromising position, even if it causes me to lose my whole family, even if it's causing me to lose my job, even if it causes people not to come around me anymore. And ain't no water going to change that. All right, Hazai, you send me this definition. What are you trying to bring up? Oh, you mentioned Ah, uh, well, yeah, come. Um, where was we at? Let's go to yeah. Let's go to Second Ezra now, and the Apocrypha, y'all, chapter three. Still dealing with the mind, still dealing with our conscience, and this is all stemming from what Peter said in First uh, Peter three and twenty one, y'all. We talked about uh, the baptism. He said, not the putting away of the filth in the body. So he talked about a clean conscience. Let's find out why our conscience needs to be clean. So, Ecclesiastes, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm tripping. Second Ezra, stuck the water for that. Chapter 3, right? Uh, what verse did I say? Oh, 19. You said 19. Second Ezra. 319. And thy glory went through four gates of fire and of earthquake and of wind and of cold, that thou mightest give the law unto the seed of Jacob. So when he says, in thy glory, talking about the most high, him giving the law to us. Read. And diligence unto the generation of Israel. Read. And yet tookest thou not away from them a wicked heart. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Read this again. And yet tookest thou 
not away from them a wicked heart. So the Most High gave us the law, but what did what did the Most High not take away from us? A wicked heart. A wicked mind. We still got it. Read. That thy law might bring forth fruit in them. <laughs> Read on. For the first Adam, bearing a wicked heart, transgressed. The first Adam, and I alluded to it earlier, the Adamites, they transgressed because they had what? A wicked heart. A wicked mind. Now watch this. Read. And was overcome, and so be all they that are born of him. How was Adam overcome by his wicked mind? By his wicked flesh that was pulling on him That told him to give in To what his woman was trying to show him And it says Because of that all of Everybody that came from Adam Has a what? Wicked heart Got a wicked heart or a wicked mind Read Thus infirmity was made permanent He said what? Infirmity was made permanent The word infirmity means sick or sickness. Sickness was made permanent. Mental illness. <laughs> that's a sickness in the mind. Mental illness. Ment- mentally disordered was made permanent. What is this saying, y'all? All of us are mentally ill. We got our damn mind. So this was made permanent. You can't get rid of this. And the law also in the heart of the people with the malignity of the root. With the what? The malignity. Look malignity up, please. So it said we're permanently mentally ill. But then it says the malignity of the root. So the malignity of the, the whole beginning. That's what the root is. The Malign- source. What do you have for uh, malignity? Malignity. Persistent, intense ill will. Damn. Persistent what? Persistent, intense, ill will. Malignity is in us. That persistent, what else? Intense, ill will. We have intense, ill will. Persistent, intense, ill will inside of us. Well, Or desire to harm others. uh, We have a desire in us. And this is permanent. To harm other people. This is by nature. What else? Great malice. Malice. Quality of being very harmful or dangerous. Oh, my goodness. Man in his natural state is going to be very dangerous or harmful. Man without the law. Us without the law is going to be very dangerous. And what else? Very harmful or dangerous. And very harmful. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the scripture now. Read it again. Read it from the top. Mm-hmm. Thus, infirmity was made permanent, and the law also in the heart of the people with the malignity of the root, so that the good departed away and the evil abode still. It says the good in our mind went away. And the evil is still there. So what what get what gets rid of that? 
You ain't going to tell me why to get rid of that. <laughs> There's nowhere in hell me getting dunked in some water or having some water sprayed on my face is going to get rid of this mental illness. There's no way. Give me Psalms 119 and verse 9. Let's find out what gets rid of this mental illness, y'all. Mm-hmm. Read it. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? So how am I going to get rid of my filthy mind? How am I going to clean up my evil thoughts that I'm harboring? My, how am I going to get rid of my mental illness or treat my mental illness? Because it said it was permanent. It, it was said it was permanent. So how do you treat this mental illness? Read it again. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Read. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. No, I said getting dunked in water. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Nope, you splash the baby in the face at the christening, and that uh, cleanses the baby from original sin. Is that what it says? What does it say? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. This is how we treat our mental illness. By taking heed to the most high's word, to what he says to do. To the instruction manual, to the prescription that he gave us, and the medicine. This is how we we work on our mental illness. Give me St. John 15 and 3. Let's see if Christ says the same thing or if he says something different. Because you know the New Testament, oh, it's the New Testament. It's different than the Old Testament, right? That stuff is old. It's out. It's, what, what the youngsters say is dated. <laughs> Where we at? St. John chapter 15. Verse 3. Verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word. Whoa, whoa. Who is this speaking? Christ. What did Christ say? Now ye are clean. Now you are clean. Read. Through the word. Through the water. The word. The sprinkler system. The word. It's got to be the water. The word. Read it again. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word cleans our conscience up. Not no water. Read on. Abide in me. Now Christ said something very important. He said to abide in me. But remember in verse 3 he said, you clean through the word I've spoken unto you. Now we ain't going to get it, but in St. John chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning was what? The word. The word. And we know that Christ, it said the word was manifest in that same chapter and became flesh. And who was that word? Christ. So when Christ said in verse 4, abide in me, abide means to stay. So he's saying to stay where? Mm-hmm. In him. And he is the what? The word. the word. So he's saying to stay in the word. I hope y'all see this. Read it again. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You can't do nothing without Christ. We can't do nothing 
without Christ's word, without Christ's instruction manual. Read. As the branch cannot bear. Oh yeah, you right. Go ahead. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. The branch can't bear fruit of itself. It has to have a root. Read. It abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. And who is Christ again? The Word. So he's saying, man, you can't do nothing if you ain't in the Word. You're not going to be successful if you ain't in the Word. You're not going to be successfully treating your mental illness unless you're what? In the Word. Read. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Christ said, if the word is in you, and you in the word, then you'll be successful. Read. For without me, ye can do nothing. Without Christ, we're going to be uh, self-medicating, like most of the world is, by way of alcoholism, drug addiction, sex addiction, or whatever type of addiction, food addiction. Addicted to money, whatever type of addiction you're going to have without the words of Christ in you, without the words of Christ in us. That was verse 5, right? Now give me St. John chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Now this is a prayer that Christ was sending up originally for the 12 uh, disciples, but it extended to all of Israel that believed on him. And he's praying to the Most High, his Father, the Most High Power, Yahweh, to do what? Sanctify them through thy truth. Clean them up. Clean the people up through the truth, because he already told us in St. John chapter 5 that now you are clean through the words which I've spoken unto you. Here he says, sanctify them through thy truth, but we got to find out. What is the truth? Read. Thy word is truth. He's saying the same thing here. Now you can through the words which I've spoken unto you, which he said in St. John chapter 5. St. John chapter 17, verse 17, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. How do you get cleaned up? Through the word, not the water. They both have W's in them, but they don't. They're two totally different words. I hope y'all see that. Now let's get Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. And we always say this, man. And I, I remember for one, man, being uh, baptized in the church. And, man, I was doing the same thing I was doing before I got baptized, the same wickedness I was doing. And back then, I was smoking uh, cigarellos. I was smoking weed, uh, selling a little weed on the side, and doing a whole bunch of other stuff I ain't proud of. I ain't going to tell y'all. But I got baptized, and you know what? Guess what? I, I was doing the same thing the same day. It changed nothing. 
Not even the good feeling lasted 24 hours. So let's give Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, Mm -hmm. that he might sanctify and cleanse it. Why did he give himself? That he might sanctify and cleanse it. The root word for church is congregation. The, only, the, the root word for congregation is a gathering of people. The only people that have ever gathered under the Most High or gathered under Christ have been the Israelites. So when it's talking about he gave himself for the church, he's talking about Israel. That's a side note. But verse 26, get to the point. Read it again. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Is it, did it say that the that it was just the water only? By the word. How how do we get cleaned up? How do our conscience get cleaned up? Is it just by the water? Yeah. No. And he's letting you know here that the the water was being used how metaphorically because we everybody knows water cleans you, right? He's using things that make sense to us. No different than. John the Baptist was baptizing people in water because he knew we were familiar with that. He knew we could relate to that. But remember, he said that he was pay, he was going, or the scripture said he was going to pave the way for Christ. So when Christ came with his baptism, people wouldn't be thrown off by like, man, what is this baptism stuff y'all talking about? Because John the Baptist had already been doing it from the Old Testament, which the priests, the Levites had already been doing. This was something we was familiar with. This is why water is being constantly used metaphorically, symbolically, to get us in that mindset. The water cleans our body? Yeah, guess what? The word's going to clean your spirit or your conscience. Hope everybody's seeing this. Read on. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church. So Christ cleaning us up through him because he is the word. So we could be represented back to him. How? A glorious church. Uh-huh. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. With, with no blemishes. I hope everybody's seeing this. With no blemishes. No, oh, I got you got a little spot right there. <laughs> Read. But that it should be holy and without blemish. See that? Without blemish. You get St. John 6, 63. St. John, chapter 6, verse 63. Read. St. John, chapter 6, and verse 63. Mm -hmm. It is the spirit that quickeneth. Listen to what Christ is saying. The word quickeneth means to be revived. Means to means to be uh, brought back to life. It's the spirit that quickens. Read. The flesh profiteth nothing. Your flesh ain't benefit. You getting uh, dumped in some water is not profiting you. It's not going to profit you. But your spirit being revived, being awakening, being cleaned up, your conscience being cleaned up. That's profitable. But your flesh getting dunked in some water, you taking a shower or a bath, 
That ain't going to profit your spirit. The words that I speak unto you. The what? The words that I speak unto you. Where does the words of Christ contain that? In the Bible. In the Bible. Read. They are spirit and they are light. That's the spirit. That's the light. It ain't you got dumped in some in a dirty tub with a ring around it and you came up and, oh, I got the spirit now. No, Christ said that the words he spoke unto us, that's spirit, that's life, that's living. Now give me First Peter 3 and 21 again. Let's read this with some understanding now. First Peter 3 and 21. Mm-hmm. First Peter chapter three verse twenty one. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. This is Peter telling us the same thing Christ just told us in Saint John six sixty three. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but what? But the answer of a good conscience toward God. They're having a good conscience towards the Most High. The only thing that cleans our conscience up is the Word, y'all. I hope y'all seen this. Y'all ain't got nothing else out of what uh, the scriptures we done went through. I hope y'all at least got that part. And I know I've been doing this. <laughs> Be a dead heart. But I hope y'all at least got that. All right, now let's go uh, Matthew 28, verse 19. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Who is this talking? Christ. This is Christ talking. Sending the disciples out on his mission. And he's telling them to go baptize in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. And I already went over this Holy Ghost thing with the Holy Spirit. But he's basically telling them to go out and baptize people in the Most High in his name. All right? Now let's get First John, I'm sorry, St. John chapter 1 and verse 24. Now there's a reason I pulled that one that we just read in uh, Matthew 20 and verse 19, and St. John is going to explain that, y'all. So let's go there, St. John chapter 1, verse 24. St. John 1 John chapter 1, verse 24. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? So they asked John, Why are you baptizing people if you ain't Christ? If you ain't one of the prophets? Why? Why are you doing this? Read. John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. He said what? I baptize with water. I'm baptizing y'all with water. Read. 
For there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me. Mm -hmm. Whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. Now, John the Baptist said a mouthful. He's letting us know that he's not on the level with Christ. So since he's on the level with Christ, or not on the level with Christ, then how can we prefer his baptism over Christ's baptism? Mm -hmm. And he's plainly letting us know that his baptism is different from the baptism that Christ is going to come with. Matter of fact, he reads. Verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me. Mm -hmm. For he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, Therefore am I come baptizing with water. He was paving the way for Christ, so Christ would be known by Israel. And this is why he was baptizing with water once again, because water was something we were synonymous, I'm sorry, we was uh, accustomed to or used to, familiar with. But it was synonymous of cleaning our conscience up. And who was going to bring that? Christ was going to bring that. By way of what? By way of the word which we already went over. So read now verse uh, 32. And John bare record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Bam. Here it is right here letting you know that the, the, the two baptisms were different. John's baptism was different than Christ. It said that Christ was going to baptize with what? The Holy Ghost. I hope everybody's seeing this. Now, this stems from what we just read, Matthew 28, 19, says you had to be baptized by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Y'all remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Let's go St. John chapter 14, verse 26, and get what this Holy Ghost is. What type of baptism was Christ coming? What's this Holy Ghost baptism? St. John chapter 14, verse 26. Three. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So we find out here, St. John 14, 26, that this thing called the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So the Comforter is also known as the Holy Ghost. The Comforter, the Holy Ghost, is one and the same. Y'all see this, right? Mm-hmm. And what did John the Baptist just say Christ was going to baptize with? The Holy Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. So now we about we found out that the Comforter or the Holy Ghost is also known as the Comforter. A Comforter is something that comforts you, right? This is why you get a big blanket, be kind of drafty in the house, shouldn't have watching your Netflix or whatever. You go get the comforter. <laughs> you throw it on you. It gives you some comfort. It warms you up. So this is what this Holy Ghost is going to do. It's going to comfort 
us. So read it again from the top. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. whom the Father will send in my name. In, in his name, read. He shall teach you all things. Now remember, Christ, or John the Baptist said that Christ was going to baptize with this thing known as the Holy Ghost, also known as the Comforter, which was going to comfort us. It ain't talking about no water. Water don't comfort you. All you got to do is be funky. <laughs> you need to take a bath. <laughs> but water don't do what? He said he shall teach you all things. So this Holy Ghost or this Comforter is going to be teaching things. Y'all see this, right? I'm not making this up. This Comforter, this Holy Ghost that Christ is going to be baptizing with was going to actually be teaching things. It says all things. Read. And bring all things to your remembrance. And if maybe you forgot some stuff that happened in the Bible, forgot some stuff that happened during the time of Christ, it's gonna bring it to your what? Remembrance. It's gonna be so this this comforter, also known as the Holy Ghost, which Christ is gonna be baptizing with, which is gonna give us comfort. That's what a comforter does. I brought the example of being on the couch watching Netflix. It gives you that comfort. This thing, this Holy Ghost, Christ is bringing and baptizing people with this, and it says it's going to teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Things, read. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Whatever Christ said to us, it was going to bring to our remembrance. Now we got to put all the clues together, y'all. We found out that Christ is going to come with this thing called the Holy Ghost. He's going to be baptizing people in the name of this thing called the Holy Ghost. We find out here that another name for the Holy Ghost is comforter. What does a comforter do? A comforter do? It comforts you. So that's one thing the Holy Ghost is going to be doing. Then it says it was going to be teaching all things. Water, like I said, might comfort you if you're funky, but it don't teach it ain't teaching you all things. Water is not bringing all things to your remembrance. Water is not bringing up whatsoever Christ has said to your remembrance and putting that in your, your mind. Water ain't doing all of that. But I know one particular thing that does all this, that gives us comfort, that teaches us all things, that brings all things to our remembrance, whatever Christ said, the words of Christ, how Christ dealt with the Pharisees, how Christ operated in times of uh, desperation, in times of destitute, times when he was tempted. All of this is in the Bible. That's the one thing I know that contains all these things which he mentioned are the characteristics of the Holy Ghost. It ain't talking about no water. So the Holy Ghost is what, y'all? Once again, it's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's going to comfort us. When you going, let's say you lost a loved one, right? I'm familiar with that. Everybody's familiar with that. Everybody's lost a loved one. What's supposed to help comfort you in your time of loss? Maybe scriptures like Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14, where it tells you that the spirit shall return. No, it says the dust shall return to the earth, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Let you know what? 
my people is back with the most high now. And we say the term loosely, well, he in a better place or she in a better place now. But all all of that stuff we be saying is scriptural. It's the scriptures. And it's going to give us what? It's going to give us some comfort. It's going to teach us something about death. It's going to bring what? All things to our remembrance. When we find out how Christ was resurrected from the dead. What does that mean? If we follow in Christ, we're going to be what? Resurrected from the dead. Hell, we are in a sense resurrected from the dead. What you think it is when you come into the truth? <laughs> and your spirit, like Christ said, it gets it gets awakening or quickened. Because before you came in and got the words of God, you were the walking dead. We were. We were the walking dead. Let me say it more proper. These words do give us comfort. And they do bring all things to our remembrance. How do we remember what the Sabbath is? We got to go back to Exodus chapter 20. You go back to uh, Genesis chapter 1, I think it's verse 7. These things are brought back to our remembrance through the scriptures, y'all. The scriptures give us comfort. I hope y'all understand and at least get that part, man. I, I think this is a good place to stop. That's the time right there, y'all I hope everybody got some edification out of the class If y'all got any questions concerning this class or any other class Or you just want to wrap to it, brother, man Y'all can hit me up at 314-482-9110, man I hope y'all got some edification out of the class Some understanding the water My my brother in righteousness Mashallah for hooking up the class uh, Battling with blood Been battling with him out Um the water to you, House of Dyer, for cooking that scrumptious meal. I know it's going to be scrumptious. I ain't dug into it yet. Then coming over to read the water, I appreciate that. The water for all y'all blog talk land that's been listening, tuning in the uh, Bible for these X amount of years, man, and for all y'all support. Uh, the water to y'all. Thank y'all. But uh, we signing off, man, and it's the next week, Lord willing, man, we're going to say Shalom. Shalom.